Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. In this series that I've been doing over the last couple of weeks, I guess the title of it was What to Expect When You're Expecting. And in, on the surface, it was a message about expectation, but it's probably not. I just am not very good at titles anymore. But expectation is certainly included in it. Because what we've been talking about is when you make a decision to follow Jesus and to be a disciple of Jesus, you become part of his family, adopted into his family. You also become a part of the kingdom, which is funny because that's been a word that's kind of come out here is this whole, you know, prince and princesses. And you become a part of his kingdom, a citizen in his kingdom as a son and daughter of the king. And sometimes we get this impression that when we uh, become a Christian or join a church, that it means, okay, here's your list of all the things that you now are required to do to be a part of the kingdom. You got to give, you got to serve, you got to belong, you have to attend, and all these things are like, and you can't sin, you can't cuss, you can't smoke, you can't drink, or at least can't tell anybody that you do, and then you got to, like all these things, and it's like, man, who wants that? That's the law. That's Old Testament. The New Covenant, the New Testament, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, means that when you come into the kingdom, when you come into the family, you don't come in as a hired hand. You come in as a son and as a daughter. And there are benefits and privileges that come along with being a part of his family. And some of the things that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks is friendship with God. Like friendship. He wants to be our friend. Joy. We get joy in spite of circumstances. It means I don't need stuff to happen in order for me to be joyful. The joy comes from the inside out. We get to see God respond to our faith. We see signs, wonders, and miracles. Healing, what we pray for today, that's not because any one particular person is particularly more powerful than somebody else or whatever. It's just part of the package. It's what comes along with being a part of God's family. We get to hear his voice. I know what my dad's voice sounds like. Clayton! Do you remember the voice of your dad calling you in a crowd? Like, you know that voice. We can hear our Heavenly Father's voice the same way that we hear our Earthly Father's voice. We talked about how we can believe for God to do what He said He was going to do. We can stand on that. But often we get to this place where we see all these things and we think, I'm not experiencing any of that stuff. Or maybe I've had a piece, maybe I've had a taste, but certainly not in full. I haven't experienced the fullness of what you're talking about. And we, we, we start to develop a theology around our lack rather than letting our present circumstance line up with good theology. You see, if I pray for healing and don't get healed, it doesn't mean God isn't good. But because I've prayed for three people and three of them didn't get healed, it's very easy for me to develop a theology of, well, God just doesn't do that anymore. No, it just didn't happen then. Maybe a better question to ask is, hey, God, 
okay, it wasn't that way, then how? How can this person get healed? How can I see this breakthrough? Because I know you're good. And I know you heal. And I know that healing is part of the package of what it means to be a son. So rather than me just rationalizing it off and trying to protect my own self-esteem of feeling like I failed because somehow my prayer wasn't good enough or looking to go get the person whose prayers sound a lot better than I do to pray for them, I'm saying, God, then how, 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 how is healing going to come this time? And you don't give up. <laughs> I remember this effect is way up. You guys can hear that, can't you? You thought I just wanted the dramatic effect, 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 effect. <laughs> it reminds me of a story of a dad who, uh, there was this family, and the dad had saved up for like the dream vacation. They were going to this Caribbean resort, and they were all excited. They had three young kids and the wife and the dad, and the dad had saved up just enough money to get his kids there and for the hotel room. Anybody had a vacation like that? It's like, man, I've been saving for a year, and I got just enough money to get us there and get to this hotel room, but there's a beach and there's a pool. So, kids, you got access to the beach and the pool. The beach is awesome, turquoise waters, white sand. The pool is amazing, but that's pretty much all you got. But it's going to be great, beach and the pool. So they did what some people do on vacation. They said, well, we're going to bring our own food. We're going to be at a resort but because everything else is so expensive, we're going to pack our own food. So they got their own suitcase and loaded it up with peanut butter and jelly, bread, ramen, and some dollar store snacks. Anybody had a vacation like that, right? And they're like, we're going to have a blast. We're in the Caribbean, right? So it's going to be good, but we're just going to bring all of our own food because we only saved enough money to get there and to get the room. So they get to this Europe, European, they get to this Caribbean resort on this vacation, and it's amazing. The room is great. The resort's amazing. The pool is awesome. The beach is great. But every day when they're walking past to get on their way to the beach, they went by the hotel buffet. Have you ever seen some of these resort buffets? I mean, it is just lined up with the most beautiful, well-displayed food that you've ever seen in your life. And they would walk past it, and the kid, dad's like, beach? and pool. We have food back in the room. So just make your way onto the beach. Don't worry about that. And the dad was super cool. He would even do like ramen by candlelight. Like he would make it really, really special, right? And But they would walk by this buffet every day, and then they would go swim in the pool. And the pool was great, but then they saw all these people drinking the really fancy drinks with the umbrella in it. And the dad's like, we got water back in the hotel room. Enjoy the pool. Look how nice the pool is, kids, right? And he even brought board games from home so they would have stuff to entertain themselves with. What a great dad. And then they would go to the beach, and the beach was cool. But as the kids were playing in the sand, digging with their shovels, they'd look over to the side, and they'd see jet skis lined up with the hotel name on it, and the guy just sitting there waiting for somebody to come rent the jet skis for the day. And they'd look over and go, well, we've got the beach. beach is cool. And they'd see one of the catamarans where they teach you how to sail. And you could even rent the catamaran to go out and teach you how to sail, but they knew that that wasn't for them. This resort even had a helicopter that would take you to a private island that the resort also owned, and you could spend the whole day on this island, just you, on a helicopter. But the kids knew the pool, the beach, and the hotel room. Our dad saved up all this money. This is a great vacation. 
And so the kids were having fun, and you know it was a good it was a good trip. But you know the heart of a father by the end of the trip it was Friday. It was the last day of the trip, and they were walking back from the pool mid afternoon. The father looks over and seeing him setting up for the buffet, and he goes, "Kids, I'll meet you back at the room." And in his head, he thought, "You know what? They've been really good. They have not complained once." on this trip. It's been amazing. I think if I scrounge up enough of the money that we've saved, and if maybe I don't buy some of the stuff I was going to buy when I get back, maybe I can afford to take my kids to dinner. Maybe this will be one time all of us can enjoy the buffet. And this was the Friday night buffet. It's the seafood one with like the lobsters and the, the chocolate fountain. And it is the big deal Friday. I mean, people come from outside the resort to this buffet, right? And it's the big deal. And so he thought, maybe I could do it. So as the kids kind of got off to the room, he comes up to the major D and he asked the major D, he says, um, sir, can I ask you a question? He goes, I'm thinking about taking my family and my kids to the buffet tonight. How much is it? The major D looks a little bit confused and he says, excuse me, sir. He says, well, I'm, I'm thinking, how, how do we, how much is this buffet? I'm, I'm thinking about taking my kids to it. He says, sir, are you staying at the resort? He goes, yeah, we're room whatever over here. He said, sir, everything in your resort stay is covered. This is an all-inclusive resort. The Friday buffet, the Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday buffet, the little drinks with the umbrellas in them by the pool, the jet skis, even the helicopter ride to the private island for a day has already been paid for. It was all yours the whole time. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I want you to read this. Jesus Christ, who will maybe someday bless some people that did really good things and won hundreds to the lost, he'll bless them with spiritual blessings every now and then. No. It says Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Well, yeah, the heavenly realms. That means when you get to heaven, you'll have spiritual blessings. That's absolutely correct. But Jesus said, your will be done. Your kingdom come out on earth as it is in heaven. The heavenly realms where Jesus has blessed us with spiritual blessings is right here, right now. We don't have to wait till the, to die to experience heaven. It's available to us now. That's why Jesus prayed on earth as it is in heaven. We can have heaven on earth. We can have every spiritual blessing. We can have the buffet. We can have healing. We can hear God for ourselves. We can see joy bubbling up from within us when all the pressure of the world is on you, when 95% of your business disappears in a week because of some COVID thing, you can experience joy. You don't have to see the breakthrough to have joy. The joy might just bring the breakthrough 
that you're believing God for. It's all included. When Jesus went to the cross and took our sin and our sickness on, the bo- on, on His own body, there was a giant stamp that went on your sin that said, paid in full. Paid in full. And it's not just paid so that you can walk around as an orphan. They didn't just close the orphanage and kick you out and say, figure it out yourself. You got adopted into his family. He didn't die so so you could be set free and wander. He died so that you could come into his family. Whole, healed, pure, clean, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And when you come into his family, there are some great benefits to living in God's house. Some great benefits. And I think sometimes for some of us who have lived in God's house for a while, we forget. And we think that that stuff that we keep walking past every day is for someone else. That can't be for me. I've never eaten at a buffet like that before. I've never had lobster. That's for those other people. And God's saying, stop eating ramen by candlelight and come sit at my table. This was all prepared for you. I don't need this, thus saith the Lord. This was prepared for you. And there's room for more. So what I prepared for you, do you ever have the the plus one? I do this to my mom all the time. God bless her. Every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, she never knows who's coming. Because it was me or my brother or my sister. We're always bringing somebody else, sometimes several others. And my mom, that can cause some panic at Thanksgiving. She's always making room. There's always room. There's always room for more. God's house is the same way. There is room for more. I was reading this, and I felt the Lord just telling me, stop eating peanut butter and jelly. Do you know, I watch this in my own kids. My own kids are just beautiful. I love them. But they've learned to make do with, at times, little and been very happy and satisfied with it and i don't know what it must be their mother but they don't complain about what they don't get they're not at christmas going oh i wanted the big thing i wanted whatever they're just like but it got to a point when they stopped asking me for things they stopped believing for the big present and they just kept asking for a little bit less right not because they didn't want the thing, but they just felt like, I, it's okay. Especially Liam, my oldest. Something about older kids that do this. And he's like, let the younger two, I'm just going to, I'm okay with just this. So recently, Romy and I just went, we're going to bless them. So we just told them, and it's not from lack. They just learn to be happy with what they have, right? That we, we, uh, We refied our house, and I took a little bit of cash out, and I just went, kids, you can each have one thing that you really want, one thing, and I knew it was going to happen. Jai, my middle son, really wanted this airsoft rifle, 
And so we're looking through, and he's sending me Amazon links, but it's the middle of the range ones, right? I never knew how expensive Airsoft could be, dear Jesus. <laughs> so then I took him to the Airsoft store, right? He's like, Dad, don't go there. They mark him up. I was like, it's okay, because he wanted to play the next day. So we go to the Airsoft store, and they've got all the M4s that he's been looking at. And he's looking at this one. He's like, I said, which one do you like? He goes, that one? And he's pointing at one, but he's looking over here. I said, okay, what about, what about that one? He goes, yeah, that's pretty cool. I said, why don't you, why don't you check, check that one out? He goes, okay. And he reaches on the top shelf, pulls it off, and he starts looking at it, and I can see the look in his eyes, right? It's two things. This is awesome. And I don't want to look like I really want this because I know how much it is. And I was like, Jai, it's okay. Flip over the price tag. Wipe the surprise off your face. It's like, Jai, I could buy you a real M4 for the same price. <laughs> Not kidding. And so he got that rifle. And to see the look on his face, blown away that he could get the best one in the store. Not the most expensive one ever made. But <laughs> pretty crazy. And then Bella, she'd been wanting an electric scooter for so long. She ended up, she actually asked, she didn't ask me for it, but she's like, oh, I really wanted this. And it just shows up one day in the mail. And she's blown away. I'm still waiting on Liam to send me his list. He's a little tougher. Because he still has that mentality of, I'm good with what I got. I'm like, no, nah, man. You get something you really want. And I saw my own heart in them. That there's times I've looked at kingdom stuff and went, hey, God, I know I've got this little niggling injury, but you know what? Don's got cancer. Just heal him. I'm fine. And God's going, what, you think I only have enough for him? Is that the way you think my house works? Do you think I only do one at a time? And I'm like, God, I just want you to bless their business. I, I really want to see a breakthrough in their business. He's like, don't you know I want to bless yours? Don't you know that this is more than just about everybody else? But it's for you. You're in my house. You're my son. And I want to see you blessed. He doesn't want us to live fixated on the things. He doesn't want to see us live like demanding God for this. I know some people get to that place when they're like, I'm a son and I deserve my ministry Maserati. You know, it's like easy to, no, it's not that. Ministry Maserati. There's no such thing as a ministry Maserati. Well, not, not at seashore. Not, not, not yet. I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> We've been writing budgets for 2021, and I keep making that joke, and our board's like, no laugh, no laughing. <laughs> but he does say, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. 
So as long as you're seeking the kingdom first, why would you not expect all the things to be added? He's going to do what he said he's going to do. So if you live with the expectation of it, then you're much more likely to see it come into your life. And if you're not living with that expectation, you can watch that blessing pass you by because you didn't grab hold of it and say, oh, that belongs to me. Not mine, but no, oh, that's got my name on it. That one belongs to me. And that's what he wants for us. So let me finish this series and this message about just one way that I think we can help build this level of expectancy into our hearts. I'm just seeing what God wants to do here, actually, because I've got two things. But I'm going to save the other one. Second Corinthians chapter 7. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there with me. 2 Corinthians 7. We're just going to look in verse 1. How do we build expectancy into our lives? It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. In order to really build expectancy in your life, you've got to purify yourself. In other words, if you're not living with the level of expectancy, if you're not experiencing all the benefits that come with being a part of his family, it's not because he hasn't given them. It's because something in us has muddied the waters. Something in us is blocking the receiving of what God has for us. And the Bible says to purify ourselves from everything that contaminates. And in our context, I'm I'm wanting to do this because you guys are talking about repentance. You're going to hear that word a lot because it's the key to being able to receive what it is that God wants to have. And I kind of refer to it, I guess the way that I think about this is breathing. And I'll call it spiritual breathing, okay? It's It's a term, a guy named Bill Bright thought of years ago, so it's not original to me, but it really helped me. Because repentance is not the one time that I raised my hand, confessed my sin, gave my life to Christ, got saved, and then I'm good. That is a moment of repentance, and it's a very important moment of repentance. But repentance should happen as often as I breathe. And when I exhale, what I'm doing is I am confessing my sin. I am declaring, God, I have sinned. God, here is an area of my heart I have not surrendered fully to you. Maybe I haven't like actively sinned, but I just haven't surrendered this thing. I've, I've kept hold of it myself. I've got an anger issue about something. That guy cut me off on the road, and I gave him the one-finger Hawaiian salute, and God's going, hey, that doesn't belong. You're like, no, I got it. I'm good, God. I got it. I took care of it. I handled it. I don't need you here. I need your help when I want a red light to turn green. But as far as this one, I got it. I'm good. I can handle this. And we hold on to it. And the Lord's like, no, I want you to give that to me. I want you to surrender that to me. You're like, no. Well, that's actually sin. 
So letting go of that thing, that's the exhale. (sighs) What comes out when we exhale? CO2, right? If you hold CO2 in, it's poisonous to your body. I'm not going to go there. You're poisoning your body when you hold CO2 in. Some things make it hard to release CO2 right now. Anyway, so, but if you are only expelling CO2 but not taking in oxygen, it's just as deadly. So our body, our respiration is breathing out the CO2 and breathing in the oxygen. Breathing out the CO2 and bringing in the oxygen. So our confession our repentance is the breathing out. But you got to breathe in his spirit, his ruach. The word spirit translated in Greek and Hebrew means breath, wind, blow mighty wind of God. We inhale the breath of God, his spirit. The Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word filled in the Greek indicates a continual filling. In other words, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Not once, continually. So repentance happens as often as I is repentance. And being filled is as often as I. So my daily life, like I'm breathing, is confession and repentance. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Confession and repentance, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Confession and repentance, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's only then that God begins to reveal to me everything that I have access to. Because these things that are in the Spirit, remember when I said Ephesians chapter 1, that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, the only way that those are even noticed or perceived is by the Spirit of God that's in us. They are not naturally perceived. They are perceived by the Spirit of God in us. And when we're made aware of them and we see that our name is written on it, we can go, oh, that's mine. Thank you very much. Joy, that's mine. Friendship with God, that belongs to me too. The ability to hear God's voice, that's me. Thank you very much. Oh, what is this over here? Healing, I'll take that for me and that when I lay hands on the sick, in Jesus' name, they shall be healed because he's given me his name. All these things, every fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. I have self-control. Are you kidding me? I'll take some of that. It happens when you confess and repent and you are filled again with His Spirit. And then in Revelation chapter 19, 9, <laughs> it says, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. When I confess and repent and I receive His Spirit as often as I breathe. I know I hear some people say, I, I, I'll ask them, hey, are you filled with the Spirit? And they're like, yeah, I had somebody lay hands on me 20 years ago and I felt, wow, it was amazing. And then, no, I mean, did you get filled this morning? Like, did you spend time, God, with this morning, and did you feel him fill you again? Did you, it might not just be a feel, but have you breathed him in again? Because he wants to do it continually. Continually. And because we live in a world that's not yet fully redeemed, stuff gets on you. And sometimes when it gets on you, it gets in you. And you're not always responsible for what gets in, but you are responsible for what you do with it. 
And so when the Holy Spirit, the same one that breathed in, you breathe in, when he puts his finger on stuff, he goes, hey, there's, a, there's an issue here. You don't just go, oh, I have issues. You go, oh, there's an issue? I give it to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, you're acting too much like a prosecutor with your wife. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Romy. And then, can I tell you, the inspiration is just as important as the expiration. Is that the right word? I'm asking your nurse. Exhale? Is that expiration? Is that the same thing? Okay. The inspiration is just as important. The inhale is just as important as the exhale. Because if you keep exhaling but don't inhale, you're just going to feel like you're the worst person ever. But when you inhale and you get the real deal, when you get rid of all the stuff that you were trying to keep your hands on, that you really couldn't, but it's the illusion of control, when you let go of those things and hand them over to him and then you receive his spirit, oh my God. Gosh, the blinders get taken off and the Spirit of God lets you see things the way they really are. And you go, I can't believe I ever thought that way. I can't believe I ever walked around in that kind of bondage. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free. And who'd ever guess that a prosecutor will end up setting people free? That's like the antithesis. I think it's hilarious because that's what's on your life is to watch people get set free. Because those things are spiritually discerned and spiritually received. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com. 